I, if you, if you missed Friday, what'd you say? Oh. If you missed Friday night, we had a Friday night service where, uh, where our, our guests will introduce in just a moment, ministered. We had an incredible time. Um, it was just really, it was, it was, it was something. It was, it was something. Um, I've known Trevor Meyer for 25 years. He is one of my, if not the closest friend that I have in ministry, the longest lasting friend. Trevor invested into Renee and I, um, trained us in ministry, raised us up, sent us out, and yea, verily, three times actually, he has asked me to come back, asked us to come back and work with him on, on three separate occasions, and the Lord just never opened the door up to make it happen. So, you know, in, in the, you can do the next best thing. Wherever I go, I always ask Trevor to come in and to invest into my church family. Um, this is a a dear, trusted friend. I trust Trevor um, not only with, with my life and my family, but my, fr- my family, my church family. He is a faith-filled man. He is a man of faith. He is also a man of joy. I don't know many people that are more joy-filled than Trevor, for real. And so with that, I'm going to ask my friend to come. He's going to bring the word and he's going to minister. Would you welcome my friend Trevor Meyer? Oh, that's so kind. Love you, man. It's wonderful. Thank you so much, Pastor Craig. Uh, That's great. What a, what a, what a welcome. Wow, come on. It's true, though. I, I, I was like, um, we, we were, had the opportunity to uh, do some years of life with Craig and Renee. And when we did, it was like, you know, you know how it is? It's like, um, uh, you know, teams that have, they have a, you, you know, sports teams, they have farm systems and that sort of thing. So you bring, they bring people in, they draft them, bring them in, and then they start raising them up. And then you want to keep those good draft picks, don't you? Like you want to keep them in your team, right? And then sometimes, they'll, you know, other teams, but I get it. Hey, we're all, we're all on the same team in Jesus' name. Um, just different conferences. I mean, I'm up at the conference up north right now. And <laughs> anyway, that's good. Well, listen, what we're going to do here for the next um, 40 minutes, is, is that what I saw on the clock? Or, or what, what time are we done? 12 noon or 12 noon? Perfect. 39 minutes. Uh, I, what I'm going to do is um, I'll, stick, I'll try to stick to the program a little bit more this morning. And then this evening, if you're here, this, how many are able to get here tonight? Or planning on coming tonight. How, let's just put it this way. How many are not planning on being here tonight? There's no guilt, no condemnation, but just so you know, it's going to be really good. And I'm not just saying that to bait you to come, but uh, there are certain things that I want to move into tonight that I'm not going to do this morning, so that's that. So, whatever. Anyway. All right. Come on now. Let's just get my little notepad out here. Okay, here we go. I mentioned Friday night too, for those of you who weren't here. Um, we do, we have um, uh, some teaching series that I brought with me. Uh, everywhere we go, when we go out, we always, I, I've, it started, I never took stuff. It was so funny. I took product with me when I go preach places back 25 years ago, okay? Cassette tapes. Anyone know what a cassette tape is? It was the version after eight tracks. Okay, anyway, before CDs. But <laughs> some of the kids are like, what are CDs? What's that? Anywho, uh, and so I had this product, and I'd go out, uh, I'd go out and preach places, and uh, I wouldn't sell hardly any product at all, ever. Like, nothing would, 
you know, it was really depressing, actually. <laughs> and I was preaching on Vancouver Island, and this, this gal came up. I don't know if you guys were on that. Did you come with me to the island sometime? No. Okay, because we went to BC, I know. But anyway, we, we, we're on the island, and, and I have this product, and this lady comes up, and she's like, oh, what would you recommend? I said, hey, it's all good, you know. God bless you. Just let the Lord lead you. Take what you feel. And so she bought some product, and she, she took it home. Well, she came back. I, I was back there on the island, I don't know, several months or maybe a year later. And she found me. She was in the meeting again, different church, different area. She comes and she goes, hey, remember me? I, I was at your stuff in, I think we were in Collingwood or something like that. Uh, with, with Ira probably, you know, and she goes, yeah, she goes, well, last year when I, you were here, I bought this, this um, stuff, and she goes, I didn't tell you this, but I suffer from severe insomnia, and she goes, I put your teaching on, and I fall asleep like that. <laughs> I said, that's amazing, and uh, anyway, so that's just kind of funny, and then, uh, and then she bought more, but here's my, my, my anyway, uh, uh, so if you suffer from insomnia, I've got a great ministry for that. But just a minute, hang on, uh, Linda, right? So Linda, I don't know, for those of you here on, on, on Friday night, uh, I said, I, I, I spoke a word out saying that God wants to heal and touch people that have struggled with insomnia. She put up her hand, we went over and ministered to her, and was it Friday night then? Friday night, slept, not like a baby. I don't know why we use that phrase, like a baby. I've had three kids, okay? Babies wake up every so often and poop their diapers every couple hours or whatever, you know. So she didn't sleep like a baby. Ha, ha, ha. But she slept right through the night. And then yesterday, too, you were telling me just sleeping, like just could sleep. Oh, yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Um. So anyway, just a note on that, uh, we, I do have some teaching, there's a little table at the back there, old school USB sticks, but you can, uh, um, you know, download them and then use the stick for wherever you want. Uh, after that, the other thing is, and if you have any questions about it, you can ask me later or talk to Craig and we can figure it out, but um, uh, pricing on that stuff, though, the way it was working, so I'd sell product and have price lists and all this stuff, and... Um, I, it was so funny. I sold some to that lady that had suffered from insomnia, and she got delivered, praise God. Uh, but a lot of stuff, I had boxes and boxes and boxes of product that just no one would buy. It was like, I was like, God, I did this in faith, and no one's, and then 20 years later, 25 years, well, I guess, it, yeah, it was 20 years later, over 20 years later, which is just coming into the last couple of years, um, I felt the Lord say, you should, you should put your teaching out. And uh, I said, okay, well, Lord, last time we did that, no one bought anything. And it was almost like, you know, throw your nut on the other side, right? And uh, anyway, and so I went out, and now the way it works is we don't, I have a suggested price uh, list. It's usually, it's like 10 bucks a message. So if there's a thing that's there, it's like four messages, it's usually 40 bucks. But that's Canadian fun. <laughs> so for you guys, this is like super good for you, because like, it's cheaper than that for you. I'm not doing conversions. But um, anyway, point being, the deal is this. If you feel you really want something, and you can't, quote-unquote, afford, or you don't feel that you, you know, have the money to put toward it or whatever, then just take it and put what you can toward it, okay? And then, because I'm more concerned about you getting the impartation of the word in your life than I am, I'm not going to get rich selling USB sticks, okay? So, anyway, point is, uh, they're, they're, they're at the back there, you can check it out, uh, there'll be some tonight too, but anyway, um, that's that. Okay, thank you, Lord.
we're on a mission here today, you guys. Um, oh, the other thing is this. We just launched, too, uh, an online broadcast. We do, uh, by the way, are you guys online right now or no? Where's the camera that I'm looking at? Who's, who's, I just want to say hi to the online crew. I can't even see. Is it, are we in the zone here? Is that right, Joel? All right. Bless you guys. Welcome, those of you who are online. And um, if, are we broadcasting tonight, too, or no? Okay, sorry. You need to get down here then. If, you, if you're in the area, you need to get down here. Get out of your lazy boy. Get out of your hot tub. Get out of your pool, whatever. I guess you San Diego and people wouldn't want to do hot tub or pools today, would you? It's a little cold. But anyway, come on down if you can. And if not, we just pray that today in the name of Jesus that you will be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for touching people as they watch online, even after in the archives, watching after in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Um, so that's cool. That I appreciate, Linda, you got really touched. I love that. That's wonderful. Um, okay, there we go. I want to propose a couple things, then I'm going to get it right to the message. I just want to propose this, if the shoe fits where it. I was in the prayer room, um, and I was pr- just walking, praying and stuff, and I just want to throw it out there. I saw prison ministry, um, but I didn't see, I don't know, it wasn't like I saw Craig, you going to prison. <laughs> that sounds funny. I mean, to do ministry. Yeah, everyone's like, okay. Uh, but I, I felt like something out of the church here, there was going to be somebody or someone or some teams or something that's going to have a real involvement in prison ministry. And it's a really cool, it's not like your tradi- traditional type prison ministry. It was really, uh, uh, it was a supernatural, like fire, Holy Ghost. It was like, I felt like what was going to happen was you guys were going to be doing something in the prisons, or I should say prison, I didn't see prisons, I, prison, I don't know which one it is or whatever, but doing some ministry there, and it was going to, it was going to fire, like it was just going to fire, okay, like fire is going to hit, God's going to touch people, prisoners, and set people free, and there's going to be, it's going to be like a move of God in a prison, where people are going to, they're going to hear about it through what you guys are doing and stuff, and they're going to want to go be a part of it, because they want to experience the move of God. Isn't that wild? That's kind of, so see, let's see how that works. I mean, <laughs> I don't have to, I'm just, I'm just, I just deliver the mail, okay? If, if you have an issue with what I say, take it up with management, okay? Okay, good. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Well, oh, uh, there was a gal that was standing up here in a plaid shirt. Where is she at? Oh, there she is. I knew, I knew you were, that was your daughter. I just figured that for sure. This is what's so funny. What I wrote down here, but I didn't know it until I looked at you. I just wrote down, it's real simple. Uh, gal, plaid shirt, dash, two horses. And, and so what I saw was, uh, I saw you had these horses. And, and you were like grooming these horses and petting these horses and whatnot. And I laughed when I saw that because then I saw you and I thought, that's, that's Juan and Shelby's daughter. I felt it in the spirit. I thought I might have known it, but I'm not, I'm not, have I met you yet? I don't think, like, did you say hi to me or no? Or did I say hi to you? I don't think so. No, we weren't that friendly, I know. But what happened was, um, what I, it's so funny, because yesterday in the natural, I heard Juan joking, you guys were joking about farms and stuff like that. And I just felt like, uh, uh, what's your name, sorry? Abby? Abby, God really wants to give you the desires of your heart. And uh, I feel like one of those desires has to do with maybe some horses or something. But uh, anyway, and so I saw these two horses. But the fun thing is, is your dad wants a farm. I know this naturally, okay? Um, but 
mom doesn't really want one. Sorry for laying it all out there. But anyway, and so anyway, but here's the thing. I feel like, I feel, I saw it bounce. It's so funny. It was like, it was like dad's dream, boom, boom, and it hit the next generation right there. So, so anyway, which is really cool because your dad will be blessed by what you get into in years to come. He's going to be blessed, and he's like, oh, wow, this is great, because now I can have access to all this stuff, but I don't have to do the work. <laughs> anyway, that's fun. Thank you, Lord. All right, now we have 29 minutes. Here we go. If you're, if you're, I want you, if you're taking notes, uh, we're going to jump through several scriptures, but um, I want to talk this morning. I want to talk about harvest this morning. I feel like it's a word for this church right here, okay? It's so funny because, Craig, you were praying something in the prayer room, and I said, why don't you just preach this morning? He's praying, he's walking around praying out loud, and he starts preaching my notes. He's like, expansion, expansion, blah, 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 and I'm like, okay, go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, Father, I thank you, the Father of glory. We, we just love you. And we thank you that your desire is to grant unto us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. But we ask, we desire, we hunger, that you would grant unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. That we would know the hope to which you've called us. We would know the glorious inheritance in the saints, God's kids, all over the globe. And that we would also know and understand and experience through experience beyond mere knowledge the surpassing greatness of your power, your dunamis, dynamic, dynamite power that was demonstrated when you raised Christ from the dead and sat him at the right hand of the Father. So to you, Father of glory, we pray. And we just believe that this morning, even as we're here, uh, Holy Spirit, you're just going to walk through this room and drop revelation. And those people that are watching online, you're going to bring revelation to them too in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Uh, take, your, take your Bibles. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9. Are you guys okay if I just go for it and hit it? Like, just go. Okay. Matthew chapter 9, uh, verse 35. Let's go down to verse 35. When you're there, just say, I'm there. Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. Okay? He was proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. I love that. It's gonna sh I'm going to set a timer here, actually. Um, all right. Okay, here, let me just do this real quick here. Um, I just shared a hotspot with my son. <laughs> I'm trying to shut my phone off, and he's trying to mooch internet off me. Are you, you're looking for your Bible app, aren't you, Carter? I know, but anyway, that's okay. We used to have paper Bibles back in my day, son, but you can always mind your kids. Anywho, okay, I want to turn this on so we don't miss this, because I, you know, could just keep going. So let's go like this. Boom, boom, boom. All right, 12 a.m.? No, 12 p.m. Okay, save, boom, done, thank you, Lord. So he's going about preaching, teaching, yada, 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 but it says there, it says that he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I love it, I love, one of the things I love about Craig and Renee is they preach the gospel of the kingdom. Come on, there's a gospel of the kingdom, which includes everything kingdom. There's a gospel unto salvation, which some people, and believe and preach. I believe in salvation, but I believe the gospel of the kingdom includes salvation of your spirit, salvation of your body, salvation of your soul, so you can be healed, whole, delivered. There's a word uh, for salvation found all through scripture, S-O-Z-O, -O. it's pronounced sozo, 
And what it is, is it means to be healed in your body, physically, to be delivered in your soul, uh, whether it be from demonic affliction or, 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 or uh, mind things and, and, and strongholds in the mind. It also means to be saved and completely healed and whole in your, in your spirit, man. And so, so many people go through life and they say, yes, we believe in our spiritual salvation, but... I'm not so sure if God really wants to heal me or I'm not so sure if God really wants to bring total freedom in this area. I think maybe it's just something I need to struggle with. I had a guy the other day tell me, he came to me and, and, and he said, he said uh, yeah, he said, you know, I know you believe in healing and that sort of thing, but he said, I feel like, you know what, the Lord spoke to my heart about my conditions. I said, oh, okay, what did he say? And he said, um, he, well, he said, Paul had a thorn in the flesh and he asked three times for God to remove it, but he said, um, and he says, I've asked too. It just never happens. And so I just say, you know what? Your grace is sufficient for me. So it's just my thorn that I have. And I said, I appreciate that. And I do believe his grace is sufficient for you. But I said, if we're going to take that scripture in context with everything around it, you do not deserve a thorn. Because the reason Paul had a thorn, it says there, it says that, uh, it says that because of the revelations that I had, lest I would become puffed up, Though God, it was actually, it says a messenger of Satan. It's like God allowed this thing. Now don't, I'm not getting into the theology of this and explain anything because I really don't understand it all. But I do know this. I didn't write two-thirds of the New Testament like Paul did. And I'm not, because this canonized Bible, it's a sealed deal. It's good. Uh, so I'm not, I don't deserve, and I looked at the guy and I said, you don't deserve a thorn. But if you want to hang on to it, that's up to you and the Lord. I mean, that's okay. But anyway, he kind of looked at me and he was a little bit, not offended, but he might have been a little bit off-ended, like it might have set him back a little bit, you know? Anyway, all right. So, gospel of the kingdom. I love it. Keep going. It says this. Then he said, uh, he said to them, he said, uh, with the gospel of the kingdom, and it says, and, so it's connected right there with that gospel of the kingdom, and he healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness, not just some, not just every kind, Okay. And he says, verse 36, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to what? Ha, thank you. To send out, to send out, to send out laborers into his harvest. Okay, now, when we read that scripture right there, I want to just point out something really quickly. This, where it says, pray, the harvest is plentiful. In other uh, scriptures, you'll see that um, it says, the fields are white unto harvest. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest would send forth laborers. He didn't say, pray for laborers to come. It's not a recruitment issue. It's a deployment issue. It's an engagement issue. It's not a, we need more laborers. I get it, we need more laborers, but let's not even talk about that. We need this. We need, pray the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send it's a deployment issue. It's not just a recruitment issue, okay? John 4, go to John chapter 4, and uh, we're going to pick it up in verse 34. If you're there, say I'm there. Jesus said to them, verse 34, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and accomplish his work. Do not say there are four months yet. And then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes. Look at the fields, for they are white unto harvest. or white for harvest. Okay, another scripture. Go to Old Testament, OT. 
<clears throat> I had a pastor tell me one time, if, you're, if, you're, if your sermon doesn't have at least 35 different scripture references, it's just a sermonette for Christianettes. I'm not going to do, I've got more than 35 verses, but, I'm, but we're not different texts. Anyway, here we go. Anyway, 2 Samuel chapter 2. The truth is, I, ha- I have to preach the word, okay? It is a fire shut up in my bones, but not only that, if I didn't have the word, I wouldn't have anything to say. <laughs> All right. 2 Samuel chapter 23, verse 10. Are you there? You're there. Chapter 23, verse 10. Does it say, but Eleazar, is that how it starts? Verse 10? Huh? But Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines until his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. <laughs> wow. It froze to the sword. His, his hand, he got tired, but it froze to the sword. Like, I think it was a supernatural thing where God actually fused his hand to the sword so he wouldn't drop his sword. I actually think there was something supernatural going on there. But anyway, froze to his sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. The troops returned to Eleazar, but only to strip the dead. Verse 11. Next to him was Shammah, son of uh, Aji, the, 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 the Hutterite. I was going to say, no, the Heretite. Heretite. Her, her, yeah, it is Heret. Heret, something like that. You guys figure it out. When the Philistines, or Philistines, branded, banded together at that place where the uh, there was a field full of lentils. Somebody say lentils. And Israel's troops fled from them. But Shammah took his stand in the middle of the field and he defended and struck the Philistines down for the Lord brought about a great victory. Ha! Come on. Did you hear that? So now you've got this, this story, the, war, the battle's going on, the, the, you know, they do this thing. Well, then it goes on again, and there's only one left standing that we see here, Shama, and he's standing. And it says that he, what was he doing though? He was fighting for the harvest. He was fighting on a piece of land that was there for, for harvest, the lentils. He was like, you guys aren't stealing. Because what would happen is the invading armies and whatnot would often come in and steal crops and steal. Just they pillage the land to survive themselves to keep their conquest going, you see. So he fought for the harvest. He's like, no, the enemy's not going to get my harvest. And God supernaturally strengthened these guys. But especially in this case here, because he was the last one standing, as I understand it. But here's my point. God was looking, and I just want to say this, God sees land, God sees places, God sees, you see it in scripture, God will give somebody a vision for something or a promise, and he'll say now, he said to Abraham, he said, go out and walk the land, go out and walk through the land that I'm about to give you, go out and walk the land, and by the way, as far as you can see this way and that way, no, it's going to be yours, but you got to go out and walk the land, I'm telling you, where you live right now, is, is, I don't, I, you, you can disagree with me if you want, but I personally believe where you live right now is ordained by God. Because the steps of a righteous man are ordained by the Lord, or ordered of the Lord. So your home, what do you call it in Spanish? Something, casa? Yeah, el casa or casa. Your casa is actually, you're ordained by God to, to uh, govern your area, your home, okay? If we want to expand the government of God in the earth, it starts at home. It just does. My metron, my measure of influence or measure of anointing starts right here 
and then it goes through, I can expand my metron, my influence. To each is given a metron of faith or a measure, but you can expand that and expand that influence just through, you know, simple principles, but it's faith and obedience and this kind of thing. But the point is, uh, where you are, where you are living is, is God's territory because you're there. I don't care if you rent or you say, well, I don't own. I'm not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about where you are. It's like when I go into a place, when I walk into a restaurant, I walk in there and I bring every bit of the kingdom with me that I carry inside me. Because I'm blessed and highly favored because I'm a king's kid, when I walk into the, into the restaurant, I'm bringing the blessing of the Lord into that place. I am. Because I'm there. Come on. Somebody says, how are you? I always say, I've known this for years, decades, I've been known for this. They say, how would Trev greet, greet you if they say, ask him how he's doing? They say, I'm blessed and highly favored. And I've changed it over the years a little bit. I also sometimes say, I'm blissed and highly flavored. Because <laughs> I've got an ever, an, a, a bottomless fountain of bliss inside of me. Come on, okay. So, we got to stick to the notes here, T-Dog. So the harvest, so he's fighting for the harvest. God had his eye on this piece of land. I want to prove it to you right now. This piece of land, historians will tell us, this piece of land is the same piece of land that Samson fought for and in judges and defeated a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. That same piece of land right there. Come on. This is the same piece of land right there, they say, that David defeated Goliath on that plot of land. Same, same piece of land. Think about that. There's been a fight for the harvest at that place several times through history, you see. God has a plan for the land. God has a plan for La Mesa. God has a plan for Cross Point Life Church. And it includes land. You said lands this morning with an S. You were praying over me. It was so funny because in 2001 I got a word about all these lands. Kenton Reimer. Yeah, anyway. And, yeah, and I've been to a lot of them. Not all of them yet, but a lot of them. But we're going to go more. He says, he says here, it says, David defeated Goliath on that plot of land. God's eye is on the harvest. This land is my land. This land is your land. Come on. Come on. So I want you to, sh listen, you have to have a kingdom mindset, though. When we're talking about harvest and fighting for the harvest, um, you know where it was said? said that um, everywhere you step, I'm going to give you that. That's, is that are we, we're talking OT, I know that. But, um, and, and, and the word there is everywhere you step. The word step literally means to draw like a bow, like with an arrow, to draw. So everywhere you go, you're actually you're engaging in taking that territory, you see? That's what he means. Uh, when it says occupy until I come, you know, it doesn't mean we hide behind the bushes and hope Jesus rescues us with the second coming. He, no, to occupy until he comes to the second coming of Christ means to occupy, to take territory, to expand, to grow. Ah, come on. Not just to sit back. Okay. All right. So a couple things about harvest. Okay, number one, if you're taking notes, harvest is a consequence. Harvest is a consequence. There is a harvest on the seeds you are sowing. Be wise of what you sow. There's always, harvest is a consequence. I don't care who you are, where you are. You've been sowing seeds your whole life. And it's either, there's, there's going to be good harvest or it's going to be, some of y'all might be living in today's harvest is actually, you've harvested things that you planted years ago in your life. And you're in it now and you're like, why am I in this? It didn't just happen. 
there's been, there have been things, there are principles that all through scripture that govern our lives. And one of them is seed, time, and harvest. So it's like a law of God. Um, how about this one? So harvest is a consequence. That's the point. Still under that point. The seed you sow is not the same gain you reap. Wow, isn't that profound, T-Dog? Wow, what revelation. Think about it for a minute. Let it sink in. The seed that you sow is not the same gain you will reap. So I might sow one seed here, but that one seed is going to sprout. And when it does its thing that God created it to do, what's going to happen is that thing is going to sprout out of the ground. The seed dies, pops, sprouts up out of the ground. There's more seeds than what went in the ground. Okay, here's another one. The barn capacity for your seed is smaller than your barn capacity for the grain, the harvest. Okay, here's another one. Because your harvest is a process, you must do all that you can to increase the capacity of your life to reap that harvest. I'll unpack that more in a bit, uh, little while. I said this, um, I, I said this, I quoted, I think it was with the leaders. We had a great leaders time yesterday. That was a lot of fun. I think it was there, but anyway, the address is Proverbs 4, 23. It says, above all, keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life, or out of it flow the issues of life. And the word issues there is the word dimensions. You want to you increase in your life. You want, you, don't live a, you want to live a big life. Can I tell you, God's plan for your life is to live a big life. I'm not talking about just bank accounts and cars in the driveway. I'm talking about your life. God's plan for your life is bigger than you could ask or imagine. Infinitely beyond, Paul said, your highest hopes, dreams, desires. Come on. That's his desire for you, for me. So out of my heart flow the dimensions of my life. That's why heart health is so important. How do we deal with conflict? How do we deal with rejection? How do we handle abandonment? How do we feel when we, when, when we get looked over? Maybe we feel these things. And a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll, they'll hold on to these hurts in their heart. And what happens is a hurting heart is a guarded heart. A hurting heart is a walled heart. And so what happens is you become more and more insensitive to people, but also you become more and more insensitive to the touch of God in your life. And so what happens, we need to guard our hearts because if we want to live a big life that he has planned for us, I want the dimensions of my life to be the dimensions that he says. Not based on my pain, my, my hurt, my disappointment, my disillusionment, my discouragement, my depression, my oppression, my possession, whatever you want to call it. I want, I want to see a big life because I knew it was planned for me so much bigger. Uh, all right. Harvest, harvest, harvest. <laughs> so um, some people in churches are always talking about sowing and little reaping because they've not grown, developed, or expanded. Extending the barn of their mind. Uh, ex- <laughs> sorry, let me, let me read that again. I want to make sure you guys get this. And I'm... Some people and churches are always talking about sowing, but they don't talk about reaping. They don't talk about harvest because they haven't grown or they haven't developed or they haven't expanded or they haven't extended the barn of their mind to receive the concept that they can reap. Okay? Isaiah 54 verse 2. You can go there or you can just write it down and get it later. Verse 2 says this. Enlarge your house, build an addition, spread out your home. For soon you'll be bursting at the seams. You know the story, you, well, you know the story where you see these people, the, the, the prophets are there, and they're like the place they were, they were, they were, they were uh, you know, developing the prophetic teams and stuff was, was too small. So they had to 
And uh, there's the, the whole story behind it. But anyway, but Isaiah picks it up here and he says, enlarge your house. Build, you got to build bigger. you got to prepare for what God wants to do. Okay. Okay, when it comes time to reap, here's another thought. You should, a good nugget for you. When it comes time to reap, it's too late to do the building and extensions. So the title, the title of today, it's not called Harvest. Actually, my title today is called Bigger Boats and Stronger Nets. Bigger Boats and Stronger Nets. Let's go, let's go here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to the parchment now. Oh, we're getting really anointed. Here we go. Here we go. Um, let's go to uh, Luke chapter 5 real quick. Luke chapter 5. I want to show you something really powerful. Ah, thank you, Jesus. All right. I want to go in Luke. There it is there. Okay, let's go. Luke chapter 5. I was trying to find it in verse chapter 4. We couldn't. Okay, here we go. Now, it occurred that, well, uh, Jesus, right right off the top, Luke chapter 5. Now, it occurred that while Jesus, um, or while the people pressed upon Jesus to hear the message of God, he was standing by the, the Sea of Galilee when he saw two boats drawn up by the lake. But the fishermen had had gone down from their nets. They were washing their nets. And getting into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon Peter, he requested to be drawn away from the shore, and then he sat down and continued to teach from the boat. When the people stopped speaking, he said to Simon, put, your, put out into the deep water and lower your nets for a haul. Simon Peter answered, Master, we've, we've fished all night, we've toiled all night, exhausted, caught nothing, but on the ground of your word, I will lower the nets again. Verse 6, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their nets were at the point of what? Breaking. Some translations say their nets began to break. And then it says, they signaled their partners at the other boat to take hold of them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. So we got boats sinking and nets breaking, okay? This is pre-resurrection Jesus. You with me so far? Now, (laughs) If you knew what God wanted to do in your life, you would prepare for it right now. The boys here fished all night, couldn't catch anything. They're a little bit probably, yeah, they definitely, they're going to be frustrated for sure. Jesus comes along. I know you've just washed your nets. I know you've done all your thing, but guess what? I want you to throw them out there again. This, when they did that, he says, at your word, so he obeyed, he walked, he, he, he stepped out on the word, which he did another time too, actually, when he walked on water, but <laughs> Peter didn't walk on water, he walked on Jesus' word, C-O-M-E, yeah, it was like, it was like C-O-M-E, but it would have been an Aramaic, probably, so it's probably spelled different, but anyway, so he's walking, Peter walked, what did he do? He, he, he did it here, he said, at your word, I will do it. So important. When God tells you to do something, you do it. So, okay, so you see this story. What a wild story. Now flip over. I want to show you another scripture. John 21. John 21. And now this is post-resurrection Jesus, okay? Now I want to show you this. This is so powerful. How little details. Sometimes you read over them, you don't even see them. But John 21. Uh, he said, we're going fishing. Peter said, we're going fishing. Now, um... Verse 3, let's go there. Verse 3, Peter said, I'm going fishing. They said, we're coming with you. So they went out again and got into the boat. All through the night they caught nothing. Morning was already breaking. When 
Um, Jesus came to the beach and stood there. However, the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Remember, this is post-resurrection Jesus now, okay? Um, it says this, verse number, verse number uh, five. So Jesus said to them, boys, children, do you have any fish? Or no, he says, you do not have any fish, do you? He's like asking a question. You know when your mom or dad would ask you a question as a kid, and they knew the answer already, but they just wanted you to confess to something? I'm like, you know the answer. What are you talking about? Anyway, so he says here, he says, Do you, and they, they're, they're, they're like, yeah, no, we don't. We don't have anything. They said, no, with an exclamation point. I believe the actual, uh, the word there is, is in no, in the, in the language, original language, is more, is an action word. Like, it's like a, it's got a bit of an aggressive, aggressive tone to it. I forget what they call that, but I learned about it one day. Anyway, it was, but it is, it's like, no, we don't have any fish. Um, and he says this, um, to eat along with your bread. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you'll find some. So they cast the net and found, and they found that they were not able to haul it in because it was such a big catch. The disciple who loved, <laughs> the disciple, and this is so funny, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, now, what's the name of this book that we're reading? Not, not the Bible, I mean the Bible, but what's the, this book, this particular, it's the gospel of? John. So John is writing this. It's so funny, because as he writes this, he's like, yeah, the disciple that Jesus loved Said to Peter, instead of just saying, so I said to Peter, it's like the disciples Jesus really loved. I think it's funny. I think it's so funny. Anyway, so he goes on and he, he says, then, but he said to Peter, it's the Lord. And Simon Peter, hearing him say that it was the Lord, lifted up his upper garment, his fisherman's coat, and he jumped into the, he, he jumped into the boat, out of the boat, into the ocean, water, and um, he ran to the shore. And the disciples came to him in a small boat, for they weren't far away from shore, only 100 yards away, dragging the net full of fish. When they got on land, they saw fire and coals there and, and fish lying on it, cooking and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of your fish, which you have just caught. Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net to land full of fish, 153 of them. There were many of, there, there, were, there were so many of them, comma, what does it say there in your Bible? Oh, the net was not torn. Huh, interesting. And then, I think if you look here, well, it, it looks like, um, it, to me, it, I don't see anything here about boats sinking. There's nothing here about that. But he did mention the nets were not torn. The net was not torn. Uh, if, God, if you knew what God wanted to do in your life, you'd prepare for it. My question for you this morning is, do you have a boat big enough for what God wants to do? Boats speak of, 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 of structure to me. They speak of structure, container, that kind of thing. Um, nets speak of, can, to me, this is just my own little thing, a connection, relationships and connections and stuff like that. And so, um, is what do we, first? The first question is this: Do we believe that God has something for us as a church? Okay, like in terms of expansion and that kind of thing. If we believe that, see what the disciples did here is they experienced the sinking boats and the and the, and the breaking nets. So what they went from there and they learned from that. So the next time they were ready for God to do something in their life, they didn't experience the same challenge that they had over there. Because they prepared for what God wanted to do. So their boats didn't sink and their nets didn't break. This is a fun fact. I like the first story especially. It's kind of cool. It's like um, 
it's 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 um <laughs> yeah I'll, I'll i'll get to that later that's okay if you knew what god wanted to do in your life you'd prepare for it planning now this is funny because i'm 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 quite right-brained okay so i'm i'm right-brained so that means you know more of a kind of a a feeler, a floater, a, 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 an artistic expression, whatever you want to call it. Left brain people are more logical, more like, I'm going to plan for this. I'm, you know, going to lay this out. I'd venture to say, Jim, you probably got a lot of left brain action happening because you're brilliant on that side of things, you know. But anyway, uh, so that's why, what's that? Spreadsheets. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to call them spreadsheet. Okay. Anyway, so here's the thing, though. Uh, planning is an act of faith. Jesus says, he, they have a problem at the wedding, his first miracle. What's the problem? We're out of wine. Just do whatever he tells you to do. What does he do? Before the miracle comes, he says, I want you to prepare for it. If you have faith, you plan. Now that's a real, because a lot of people, well, I just have faith. I believe God's going to do it. I'm believing for the Lord to do it. I'll have faith. No, Jesus said, bring me some containers. Plan for it. Plan for it. Now, I'm not talking about a natural, uh, non-spirit-led, dry, strategic plan. I'm talking about throne room strategies, which you'll get from the Lord, and then do what he says to do, okay? And oftentimes, just so you know, oftentimes, you probably know this, but a lot of times what God asks you to do, it won't make sense, okay? (laughs) But what happens is, what happens is, um, the more you obey and walk, there, it's buzzing, done. Thanks for coming out. Have a great day. We'll see you guys tonight. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Pardon me? I got to do the encore. Exactly. We gotta, yeah, we'll do it. Okay, one more song. Okay, here we go. All right. Um, if you believe God is going to do something, you get ready. It's called faith. That's, that's kind of wild. Noah built a boat for 100 years before it had ever flooded. Some believe before it had ever even rained. Imagine the persecution he experienced. Read Hebrews chapter 11. You see all these people, and it was, they were known as faith people, faith people. And every one of them planned. Every one of them prepared. God is preparing a place for you because he's confident you're going to come there. If he's preparing and I'm supposed to be like him, I need to be preparing. Come on. I want to plan for what God wants to do in my life. Don't stop. Keep going. Come on. I have a friend. Uh, his name's Finial, and he lives in India. And um, this has got a wild testimony story. He's a funny guy, really funny guy, actually. He, I talk to him usually at least once a week on, on uh, uh, you know, Facebook or whatever. But what he does is he just sends, all I get from him usually is either, you know, some prayer requests. But every prayer request that he has, he sends with a, a crazy testimony. I mean, they've seen so many people raised from the dead. He, he, there was a lady that passed. I'm positive it was a lady, but hey, it's 50-50, a guy or a girl. Either way, there's a, someone passed. And in India, <laughs> they're, they're, uh, they, they have this open concept where they'll put the, the corpse, the, the person that passed, in the coffin, almost like old Western movies, and they'll prop it up in the house or wherever the family people are going to gather, and they can come there and they do like their wake or whatever. Or their, you know. But this person is like dead, gone. They're there on display. You know, almost like we do at a funeral home, but they do it in homes. So this person passed. They're, they're, they're prepared for burial. I don't even know how they process that over there. But they're in the casket in this home. And uh, um, 
somebody called Finiel, Pastor Finiel, and say, Pastor, could you just pray for us here at the house? We're, just pray for us that peace would be here in the home. And, and so Finiel's on the phone, hundreds of miles away from the home, and he says, I release the peace of heaven over that home in Jesus' name. And when he said in Jesus' name, the person in the casket went mm, like that and was resurrected on the spot. And then walked, and it came out, this is so funny, he came out and said, I'm hungry, I want something to eat. Now, read your Bible. What happened when you see that happen? When the dead are raised in the Bible, you see it happen. I'm hungry. I want something to eat. Give me something to eat. So anyway, so over the phone, he was, his daughter was in, in uh, university, and she had a roommate, and she couldn't sleep because this roommate was tormented by demons. And so the daughter couldn't sleep because this roommate in the middle of the night, and the daughter's a born-again, spirit-filled believer, and she'd be in bed, and all of a sudden the, the, the demons would get agitated, and they'd start growling and doing all this stuff like that. And she's like, Dad, you know what? I prayed, but I want you to pray. Pray for my friend. She calls her dad, holds the cell phone up to the person, this growling roommate, and, and he's just like, in Jesus' name, boom, out, instantly. Whew, whew, perfect peace. Come on. Uh, this is the guy that's so funny. I've stayed at his house, Craig. He, uh, <laughs> five to seven times a week, between three and six in the morning, Jesus comes, stands at the end of his bed, tells him about his day and what's going to happen. So he can plan for it and prepare for it. So we're out. I said, I'm staying at his house. I said, hey, when Jesus is done with you, tell him to come to my room. I'd like some, I'd like, I'd like to FaceTime him, right? FaceTime? Just a little FaceTime. So, so, so anyway, I'm sleeping there. The wild thing was, I slept in his house. Jesus never appeared to me, but I had the craziest prophetic dreams. One that happened, this is really cool. Uh, I, I, I saw myself in a dream preaching, and I recalled the entire message and it's stuff that I'd never seen in scripture before. It, revelation came through the dream of me listening to myself preach. I woke up, recalled it, and then preached it the next morning at his church. So Finiel says, yeah, we, we're, we're out. We're, we're out. And I said, so what did the Lord say? He said, well, we're free to just kind of, we're going to do a tourist day today. We went and saw some sites and saw the, the, the big, what is it, the sea of, sea of Bengal or whatever they call it. I don't know. Anyway, we're, we're looking at all the nice stuff. And he goes, okay, but at 3 o'clock, we need to be at this coffee shop. I'm like, oh, okay. And so we had to watch our day because at 3 o'clock, we had an appointment. Well, what kind of appointment do we have? Do we want coffee? Well, that's a good thing. But no, it wasn't that. It was because the Lord showed him when he visited him that morning and said, what, at 3 o'clock, you need to be at this coffee shop because there's going to come a guy in. He's wearing a brown garment, and you're going to lead him to Christ. He's ready to get saved. So we go to the coffee shop. I'm sitting there in the coffee. There's Ed, my friend, and myself and Finial, and we're just watching for a guy to come in. So the guy comes in. This guy comes in. I didn't recognize him. I hadn't seen him. Finial gets up, and he's like, oh, he starts talking to him, releases the gospel of the kingdom to the guy. Okay, if you, if you believe God had a plan and had something big for you, not even just big, but just if, if you believe God wanted to use you in some way, you'd prepare for it, you'd plan for it. Faith is planning. Listen, you tell me, well, I got faith for it. I believe for it. If you had faith for it, you prepare for it. I can't stress that enough. If you truly believed what God said he would do, you would prepare now for it. You would, you would, you would live ready so you don't have to get ready. So faith, in a sense, then, is, is, is acting out and preparing. Um, all right, we're over time. Lots of more here, good stuff. Okay, I'll just put it down real quick. Um, so I just want to stress to us, 
to really ask the Lord, God, what, what do you have prepared for my life? Like, what do you have, what do I need, how do I need to prepare for what you want to do in my life? I wanted to get into more of the harvest, but you probably, you guys have all probably heard the, 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 all the prophecies of the billion soul harvest and all that kind of stuff. Um, by the way, I just want to say this, like, I, I've been dubbed a revivalist at times. And I love revival, okay? I've experienced um, a few, several revivals, been mentored and fathered in the faith by one of the biggest fathers in my estimation in revival. And uh, just a really cool thing. But my point is, um, I'm not waiting for God to bring revival, okay? I'll just tell you this right now. Do I believe God's going to do something supernatural and really, really, you know, impact, like, planet? Yes, 100%. I believe that. However, inside of me, I carry revival. I got the fullness of the Godhead deity right in here. And so I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a walking revival. <laughs> Come on. Ah. I, I, I'll say it like this. Do you guys, what do you call it here? So, so you have social assistance here, correct? It's kind of like, is that like welfare in Canada? What do you have for with people, they don't, have, they don't have a job, they can't get out. Does the government help them out a little bit? Okay. I, here, here, you want to hear my definition of revival? This might offend some people, but honestly, I don't care. I'm not careless, but I'm carefree. Okay. Uh, revival is, in my estimation, is God's welfare system. I don't know what you, do you call it welfare here? Is that what you, yeah? What, what are you talking about? Well, because here's the deal. Uh, revival, a good definition for revival is um, revival is um, the inrush of, a, of the Holy Spirit into a body that's threatening to become a corpse. Revival happens when, when, when uh, maybe heaven and Jesus say, you know what, you guys aren't quite doing it uh, the way we think we should get her done, so we're just going to come and do it too. You know, like come down and do you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, whatever. But revival, uh, when I say it's God's welfare system, is because of this. Because you see, Jesus paid a price for us to walk in kingdom authority and kingdom life, okay? Remember, Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom, and all diseases, all sickness, everything, affliction, all that stuff was dealt with, you see? That's the kingdom in action, all right? We're not, we're, I'm not firing on all eight, I gotta, I gotta, whatever, how many cylinders you like, but we're not quite firing on all cylinders just yet. However, I'm gonna keep on firing and firing and firing until all cylinders kick in and we really start firing, that's okay. I'm gonna take what I have, and I wanna increase it by use and by exercise size, you see, not striving, but just walking in obedience, and so re revival, God, God never intended you to um, have to always be revived, he, he just, he didn't, he didn't intend that, you see, he actually, but, but some of us need reviving, and that's okay, that's good, but here's my point, I'm not waiting like this for God to supernaturally do something before I start engaging and preparing and taking up what he did for me and paid for me on the cross. I want to live on this side of the cross, you see? So here's the deal. Welfare comes in, somebody's down and out, they don't have the wherewithal to be a contributing member of society, so the government helps them out. The purpose of it is to get them on their feet so that they can move into be a productive member of society. They're not, it was never created to stay on and live off. And I'm not bashing anyone that's been on it for years. I get it. I know people. I know people that have been on social assistance for many, many years. I get that. 
I know people like this, so I'm not bashing that. What I'm saying is it was never the plan of the welfare to keep you on welfare. It was to give you a leg up so you could get on with things. Revival does the same thing. God comes in and blows in your life to get you back on track so you can live kingdom life. So I'm not, I'm not waiting. I'm not going to wait for another move of God. I am going to experience and be the move of God in Jesus' name. Because it's in him I live. It's in him I move. And it's in him I have my being. So, all right. If you want more, come tonight. I don't know if I'll, we probably won't preach on this. I got a different word, actually. It kind of ties together, but anyway. Um, so the, the deal is this. Woo. Live ready so you don't have to get ready. Um, are you ready? What's your harvest? What's, what has God put in your path? What has God put, God put in front of you? Write the names of the people down. Pray into it. What do you need to change in your current lifestyle to make room for the harvest? Think about that. I want to just tell you this right now. Can I tell you that you're going to see one of the things we're going to see happen? I believe God, I believe God wants to, um, uh, I'll say it like, this is the only way I can say it, but I don't, I don't want to say war. I'm not, my warfare, view on warfare has changed too over the years, actually. Um, yeah. Here's my warfare now, and I, I get, I pray a lot. I know I pray and stuff, and I, but in terms of like, like I, it was like this. That's what the Lord said to me one day, Craig. He said, um, you know, if you have another shofar blast, if you have another flag waving, you jump another higher, you know, then your breakthrough will come. No. He, he <laughs> sorry. Anyway, he said, read this. He said, read warfare in Psalm 23. I'm like, okay, so warfare in Psalm 23. Warfare in Psalm 23. Warfare in Psalm 23. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Da -da -da -da. Ah, he prepares a table before me. Right in the presence of my enemies. Ah, in the presence of my enemies, I can just commune with him at the table. <laughs> How are you doing over there? Yeah, we're just going to ha hang out here. Come on. Mm -hmm. I'm going to taste and see. I'm going to enjoy the goodness. I'm going to feast on the abundance of your house. In your presence is the fullness of joy, and at your right hand pleasures forevermore. I will joyfully draw from the well of salvation. Oh, Lord, you've become my salvation. Ah! Whew, I might just get drunk here if I sit here too much longer, so you might have to just carry the meeting on without me, Pastor Craig. But here's the bottom line, y'all. Um, what are you... That, that was what it was. The war, that's where I got in this warfare thing. I think God is going to wage war in convenience in people's lives. I feel like our convenient lifestyles are, like, we don't make room for expansion. Think about it. I was, I was preaching this one place, and uh, I looked at this couple, and I saw them, and I saw they were built. The Lord said, build your house big. You need to put in, and I just called them on. I said, you need to build an expansion on your house. I said, you need to, you need to increase the size of your house. And they're looking at me, and they look at each other. They start laughing and stuff. I didn't realize it because I saw people. They were, God was going to use their home for people and ministers, a hub of activity. And uh, they laughed, and they said, yeah, they said, uh, we're in the middle of a project right now. We're expanding our house. That's great. But we didn't know why. We just felt the Lord say we're supposed to do this, you know. Come on. So in my life, though, do I have room? Like, think about it. And another thing is gonna, we're going to find out. Actually, I think COVID was part of this. But um, it wasn't the judgment of God. Come on, you guys. Seriously, really? So anyway, whatever. But um, 
I'm really kind of stepping on. I can feel some toes I'm crunching on. It's great. But anyway, uh, here it's so funny. Masks, no masks. What's so funny? So many Christians are so worked up about masks and stuff, which is so funny. Because guess what? For like decades, their whole lives, they've been coming to church wearing masks. Like a prophetic, you know. Yeah, I saw it in the spirit. I saw it in the spirit. I see, I see people with masks. I'm like, masks? Long before COVID. Anyway, but what COVID was, was a pattern disruption. Freaked people right out, flipped them right out. Whoa, what are we going to do? And I get it. It wasn't great. But I'm telling you, God will do pattern disruptions in your life to get you so that you can expand and prepare for what he wants to do. So let's all stand up. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, thank you, Lord. That's funny. They took the clock right off the wall. I just went too, way too long. <laughs> yeah, broke the clock. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, Lord, I just thank you for this house and for everyone here. For those watching online right now, Father, I thank you that you have harvest. You've got a place of harvest for us. You've prepared harvest for us. And so, Lord, I thank you that we're called to expand our barn, expand our capacity. uh, Prepare now for what you want to do. So, Holy Spirit, I pray in the name of Jesus that even now you would begin to speak to people's hearts right now, specific strategic thoughts of how I need, what I need to do, little nuggets of how I can prepare for what God wants to do. We are a people of faith. We declare that. And faith people prepare for things. Faith people prepare. By faith, Noah, when he had not seen rain or seen flood or seen anything like that, built a boat, something no one has ever seen there. He built it. Huge. He prepared. Hunter, can you guys, can you think about that for a minute? Wow. So, Lord, what are you calling us to do? First of all, individually. Starts right here. Lord, I'm asking you, Lord, I want to walk in kingdom life. I want to walk in kingdom. I want to be part of the kingdom. And if I need reviving, Lord, I just pray right now there will be an inrush of the Holy Spirit into my life, into their lives. Whoever needs the reviving, Lord, just do so. Put the paddles to their heart in Jesus' name. Bring revival in their heart so that they could move on and step into kingdom life. And, Lord, I pray for Cross Point Life Church right now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for the increase. I thank you for the increase, for the expansion. I thank you for the vision. Yeah, I thank you for the vision. Yeah, I thank you for the vision. Thank you for the vision. The vision, the vision, the vision. Thank you, Lord, for the vision. Thank you for the wisdom, for the board. God has brought this stuff together, Craig and Renee. He's brought people together. He's brought, I'm telling you, I said this yesterday to leaders. I said it's going to come a point where you guys are going to feel so overloaded with leadership in this house, where you're going to have people that are leaders. Man, that's a quality leader. Man, that guy's a leader. That gal's a leader. It's like these people that are leadership, and you're like, wow, we need people. We need people to, well, these leaders are the laborers that you're going to deploy into the harvest. I'm telling you right now. Prepare now because this boat isn't big enough. This net isn't strong enough. Also, the boat speaks of a wineskin or a container to contain what God wants to do. And so, Father, I thank you for divine strategy for the board, for the leaders, for the elders, for the whatever they title they give them, but the, the leadership of this church in Jesus' name, that they would experience and, and, and they would hear from heaven regarding how to build it out, how to prepare for what you want to do. For faith people, prepare people in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.